Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Top of the charts Tuesday, right here on Ball Don't Lie. We play jams that reach the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. My man Patrick does all the hard work. Uh, we all get to be the beneficiaries of it. Uh, so you can always uh, be a part of Top of the Charts Tuesday. Hit us up on the Specs text line. You're the heartbeat of this thing. 512-337-3776. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. And the real MVP, Patrick Davis, at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. About our discussion prior to this segment about racist dogs. <laughs> Kenny B says, Rod, dogs aren't racist. It is mostly based on past experience with a human of a particular race or they get taught to be that way. Mm. Well, um, that would cause that still that race- would be racist. <laughs> <laughs> still racism, though. I mean, uh, I'm not disagreeing or another. Yeah, Kenny, you are right. I'm you are right about how racism is passed down, all right, through the generations. No question, it is taught or is based on past experience that that trauma that we process and we keep that baggage with us, and then we uh, associate that baggage right with with <clears throat> a, a race or an ethnicity or whatever. Um, the only part of this statement that is wrong is that dogs aren't racist. No, they're racist. They're just racist for the same reason that humans are racist. Because we're taught it, <laughs> or we decide to process our trauma in that way. All right, so that so you're right, but you're also wrong. Mm. <laughs> dogs are racist. <laughs> Sorry, that, just like humans are. Just like right. what did AJ Hoffman's dog do to you? He, no, he a, told you. AJ flat told out. me. He's yep. like, man, he's racist, man, and we we love him. But. <laughs> he, he said it. Hey, man, sorry, bro. You got racist. You got no racist in your family. You love. No, you, I'm the only one who loves. I got family. I got family members who are racist. How does I Kanye's love dog racist. act? How does Kanye's dog act? <laughs> I have a family member that are racist. Nate, we you in timeout, Nate. They are, I, I, can't, I can't not love them because they're racist. I can try to enlighten them. They're exactly. still racist. Oh, when yeah. I bring my white wife to Louisiana, you know what I'm She's got to deal with some ignorance and hey, racist. Mama. They're, hey, mama. Yeah, they're, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah. It's just, they're back. Hey, grandma. They're backwoods, yeah. rednecks, and they got a little racist, and they throw it out there, and they don't even know they're saying something racist when they say it. It is what it is. So, yeah, yeah I mean. They've done that. Yeah, so you got to. Yeah. Dog that's racist. I mean, you still gotta love. That's your dog. Yep. Yeah. It's my. It's my grandmother. Now, if you picked it out because it was racist, <laughs> now that's that a problem. Is, there you go. Hey, hey, you go to the pound, and you're just like, hey, which one barks at you? <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Now, don't be choosing the dog because they're racist. That's not cool at all. Yeah, uh, don't be cool. Uh, all right, Jeff says wrong. Kenny, dogs don't see colors like we do. Mostly just shadows. A black person can cast a darker shadow, which can intimidate or confuse a dog. Not racism or past experience. All right, we get way too deep. Yeah, now. Let's, let's, Thank yeah, you, Jeff. Let's get back to sports. <laughs> <laughs> racist dog racist conversation sports. has taken over. <laughs> hey, I love that we can have a racist dog conversation. We will never talk about race. <laughs> like, but if it's I, a and dog, social. <laughs> <laughs> but we get a racist dog. We'll have that conversation. We're going to have that one. All right, let's talk about the Longhorns, gentlemen. Uh, yeah, they got some problems, but no racist dogs that I know of. Uh, but the Longhorns, obviously, in that game versus TCU, 
um, the, uh, the the shortcomings of the offense now have become uh, even more glaring now uh, looking back at that matchup with TCU. Um, of course, we talked about it yesterday, uh, but Sark had his Monday press conference. You heard it live right here on uh, uh, 104.9 The Horn. And, yes, we are still calling him Coach Steven, too, yep. at times. He <laughs> has to earn back. The name Sark, the nickname Sark, Coach Sark. It's, but, but Coach Sark basically, think of it as Coach Sark is basically like the Superman yep. to Coach Stevens. That's Clark Kent. Clark Kent. Yeah. Yeah. So usually Sark lo- loses a lot of his swag juice, all right, from his opening script in the first half, and he becomes Coach Steven. Goes from Coach Sark to Coach Steven. Unfortunately, in the TCU game, we got the entire game was Coach Steven. Yep. And we, we didn't see any of Coach Sark. So we like Coach Sark because Coach Sark is innovative and creative. And he's just one of the greatest, you know, uh, play designers and offensive minds in the college football. But Coach Steven is still there. And every now and then, Coach, you remember Coach, Coach, uh, Coach Sark said that if he didn't go to f- play football, he was going to be in tech sales? That's Coach Steven. <laughs> Coach Steven still wants to sell tech. He still he wants it really badly, all right. But Coach Sark wants to be one of the greatest offensive minds in the history of college football. I like and it. And the potential is I like there. It. All right. I like it. But we can't let Coach Steven win. We we want Coach Sark. That's nope. who we hired. That's who we. That's who we. That's who we. We thought. hired Coach Sark. There it is. But then Coach Steven every now and then he pops out. He pops out there. Coach Hello, the one that wore, He's the one that wore that suit. Yeah. That's Coach Steven. <laughs> that's Coach Steven wore that suit. That is not Coach. Coach Sark got better style than Coach Steven. Coach uh, Steven's got terrible taste. All right? And every now and then, Coach Steven will pop his head up. Hey, here I am. Yeah. Throw, throw the ball deep. Throw it deep. Like, no, yep. get out of here, man. No. We want Coach Sark calling the play, not Coach Steven. We're going to keep throwing it deep. Yeah. So anytime you see Coach Sark making bad decisions, that's not that's not Sark. That's not him. That's Steven. That's his alter ego. That's, that's Steven. That's his real, that's mm-hmm. the real him. That's Steven. We yeah. don't want that. We want he evolved into a great play call and a great innovative mind I offensively. Like that's Sark. I can make that work. That's what I'm saying. That's what it is. I can make that work. It's basically what Clark Kent is, a Superman. I, like, right? I can make that work. There you go. Uh, all right. Let's, and his, you, know what it, you know what his kryptonite is? The three high, three down. It's a kryptonite of him. That's the, 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 the three high, three down is the three, three, five. It brings out Steven. That thing, that, it turned. It, it makes turned, him mortal. It turns Sark into Steven. It makes him mortal. We don't need to see that. I want more Sark, less Steven. <laughs> uh, okay, let's. <laughs> Steven decided. Coach Steven decided that uh, Bijan was only going to get twelve touches. Uh, here is, I believe, Coach Sark actually here uh, <laughs> talking about why Coach Steven decided Bijan only needed twelve touches. Here it is. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Did I mess it up? Oh, here, all right, here it is. Here is Bijan. Here's Coach Sark about Bijan Suchers. Uh, I don't, you know, yeah, sure, the more I can give it to him. But I think at the end of the day, you're just trying to find a way to find some, some rhythm to the offense. And I felt like uh, the rhythm that we found was somewhat in the passing game. Um, we got ourselves a chance to kind of get down there a couple times. Um, so in the end, I know this, when, when we win, he generally has more carries, and that, that comes from balance in the, in the offense. We didn't have balance. We didn't have anything really there for a while. Um, so we just tried to find the one thing that was working at that point, and that felt like that was the passing game to give us a chance. All right. Um, <laughs> now I'm laughing at a text I saw on the Specs sex line. <laughs> they're, I'm sorry. I gotta they're read on this. us, dog. I got to read this. They are on us today. <laughs> Texture says, 
did I uh, see? Did I hear someone text? Black people cast a darker shadow. File that under. I'm not a racist, but. <laughs> <laughs> Where are they? Where are they? Somebody ought to send the assignment today. Well oh, done. my goodness. Dad, I didn't even pick up on that one. You're I saw right. it. I saw it. I saw it, and I heard it, and I just kept it going. Like I just kept it going. <laughs> oh, man. That was fantastic. I'm sorry. I don't even, I don't even, I'm sorry. I got to get back to it. Okay. We were talking about Steven. Coach Steven yeah. and Coach Sark. Yeah, get back to it. Like Great my job. man said, it's Stefan and Steven from Urkel. <laughs> Is it going to from Family Matters? From Family Matters. <laughs> yeah, Stefan. Oh, he was smooth. There we go. He had swag. Yeah. And what's her name? Laura. Laura. Oh, he got Laura every time. Yeah. Laura was putty in his hand. Yeah, but Steven. Oh, but but it is. And did I do that? <laughs> That's did the I call that? That is yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's well done. <laughs> Did I ain't call that? <laughs> oh, man. There you go. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Great job, Texan. <laughs> okay. All right. Getting back to it. All right, let's get we got to get on track let's here. Let's get focused. We're having let's too go. much fun. Yeah. Okay. So let's start here from uh, Sark yesterday talking about, uh, first of all, the Bichon Touch thing, real quick, because uh, uh, my man Jeff Howe pointed this out, I think, first on Light the Tower yesterday. We talked about it a little bit, uh, too. We're talking about Sark's uh, second half adjustments, which he did. He did a decent job of, in that game, making adjustments, just not quick enough. I mean, football is a four-quarter game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a test, but you only got a certain amount of time to figure things out. And he ran out of time. Uh, but he did figure out the empty formation would work really well. Yeah, he was, uh, Quinn Ewers, through all his struggles, was 4-4. Four four. Um, completing passes in empty formation in the second half. Um, had that JT Sanders, uh, uh, was it kind of a, it was kind of a seam route, maybe a skinny yep, post yep, route yep. down to the goal line. That was out of empty formation. Decent throw. Yeah, decent throw. Yep. It, it, what empty formation does for a quarterback, it cleans up the pre-snap look. No defense will ever, will ever sacrifice their coverage responsibility for a disguised shell look. Never, ever. All right. Mm-hmm. They just if you do that, you're just an incompetent in up defense. So when you go empty, it is probably the most strained formational you can put on any defense. So everybody has to get to their coverage responsibility right now. Get to where yep. you're supposed to be. Yep. Get to your uh, your landmark, wherever it is, get there, and it cleans up the look for the quarterback. So then the pre-snap look is much cleaner, and it's a lot simpler for him to read. These guys just, just deal with matchups. Who's got the better matchup? Linebacker on a wide receiver, Bijan on a linebacker, whatever it may be, and he can figure it out pretty quickly. And it looks like Quinn was really comfortable in that empty formation late in the game. They tried it in the first half, didn't work out as well, but they cleaned it up. And one of the things my man Matt Buller pointed out, which I totally agree, when they in the first half, I think they started out in empty formation a few times. They did, and in the second <clears> half, they would motion to it, which is and this is like, oh, that's very same thing. Tomato, tomato. No, 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 not the same thing. When you motion to it, uh, sometimes it can completely change the coverage responsibility for the defense as opposed to lining up in it. And I think when they would line up in it, the corners sometimes would they would specifically travel with wide receivers. When you motion to it, sometimes those corners would bump out. Right. And, they, and bump out, and right. then you get a matchup of a wide receiver on a safety or a linebacker. I saw that, it too. That corner matching up. So, well, the other thing too that I I found very interesting, and this is something that we've noticed throughout the the first two seasons, when they went hurry up, 
They're oh, so up-tempo. much better. That's true, too. Whenever they go they up-tempo, yeah. it, everything seems to be more in sync. I agree with that. But then there was, all of a sudden, we're slowing down, looking to the sideline, not letting them react, and trying to get the play back in. I, I'm just confused about, you know, we were talking about yesterday, the rhythm. We, we mm. tried to find them a rhythm. Well, it looks to me like the most rhythm that they ever have is when they're in a hurry. That's a great point, man. He, he talks about rhythm a lot. Right. <laughs> he does that. He's a damn DJ. It's like, That's what you say, say. like saying the party sucks and you're the DJ. And it's you're like, the DJ. Well, you mean, you're the, they got no rhythm. You're the one that's playing the music. Exactly. <laughs> man, what are you, you talking about? Why y'all sitting on the wall? <laughs> your music well, your sucks music right now. Your music ain't been turning us up. Get these bangers going. Right. Let's go. When no they were fast, when, when they were doing up-tempo, you're right, they did. things started to move. Yeah, we're going to caught them off guard. Yes. Yeah. You're right about they that. Didn't give a, they didn't give them opportunity to get set to be able to sell out for the run because they had to pay attention to what you were doing because you were moving fast. Yeah. Then all of a sudden you get back in there, you're taking your time at the line of scrimmage, you're relaying the plays in, trying to see what they're set in. By that time, they've got their calls in too. So it's it, it was it, it was one of those things of what are we looking for? What are you trying to figure out? Were you just blinded by the fact that things weren't working? People were dropping passes. Your quarterback wasn't feeling himself, and you got caught up in it. And that's okay. It's admit, just admit that you got caught up in it trying to figure out how I was going to help my team, but it was all unraveling right in front of me, mm-hmm. and I couldn't take that moment. Yeah, he couldn't. He, it's a great point. It was unraveling, and he couldn't figure out a way to bring it back. Right. He, it, 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 he, he Basically, when Texas didn't have a great opening script, I feel like Sark at that time panicked when he shouldn't have panicked. Right. The truth is, okay, how about this? Let's flip the script, right? No pun intended. But Sark often wins the battle of game plan and preparation over and over again. We complain about it. Wins the battle of prep- game plan and preparation, but loses the chess match within the game in the second half, the battle of adjustments. Yep. Why can't you be the team finally that loses? Because your opponent, they lose the battle of game plan and preparation all the time because right. you beat them at it, and yet they beat you with the battle of adjustments. Why can't that be Sark? Right. Like, it's, it, it's not a you know it's it, it's not an unforgivable sin of the football guys to have a bad ba- uh, game plan and preparation. You screwed up that week. You thought you miscalculated. You thought it would be one thing, and it's not that. <clears throat> and I think going up against three high, three down, there are a lot of teams. In the past, who have tried to play bully ball versus a three high, three down? Right. We'll just we'll just run right over them. We'll run right through them. We got the personnel to do that. And when you realize that was a miscalculation, which happened honestly, what hearts first three drives? Yes, it, I, I think it took me we, about three drives to realize. Oh, you ain't gonna be able to run I, it on. I them. swear to you, you Rod, I was so close to calling you. you. I was on. like, man, I, I need to I need <laughs> to talk to Rod right now. I need to talk to Rod, but I was like, nope, because yeah. he's feeling the exact same thing oh, that was, I'm oh, feeling yeah, right exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and once you realize you couldn't run it on them, okay. And why couldn't then then, then work work backwards, right? Yep. Become the problem solver. Why can't I run it? You got the right. best running back comes Why can't you run it? Well, they're stacking the box. They're matching you in the box with numbers, or they're stacking the box, having more defenders than you have blockers. Mm-hmm. Well, that is the case. You don't have the numbers advantage inside. Where's the numbers advantage? Right it's outside. It's on the outside. Why did it take you to the middle of the third quarter to figure out to throw it to the outside? For the quick wide receiver screens, mm-hmm. because they were stacking the box inside, they can't. This they can't have twelve guys. They gonna have eleven. Because so that'll be got, a penalty. So if they got eight <laughs> inside the box, right? That means you got numbers advantages elsewhere. That means you got one on ones. And he figured that out middle of the third quarter. And it's like, man, you should have. If you figured that out middle of the second quarter, you might win that game. Yeah.
Jay, Jay Witt don't get his first wide receiver screen target until the middle of the third quarter. And remember. He, he, he only had one target in the entire first half, by the way. My goodness. Y'all trust. And Bijan had zero the entire game. Trust. So one thing was, when you realize, okay, my best player cannot, I cannot utilize him, I cannot weaponize him via the traditional running game. Mm. And then you realized that your empty formation was working really well, and you realized your wide receiver screen game was killing them because they were stacking the box. Why not put Bijan in the same spot where you had Jay Witt? And just throw him the wide receiver screen. You mean the one that you've done before? Right, because that, that would work really well. Why not do that? You yeah. mean you mean targeting your best player <laughs> once? <laughs> Why not do that? And then, by, by the way, if you're really if you're really successful doing that, I guarantee you, Joe Gillespie, really good defensive mind, he's gonna adjust. He's gonna say, all right, we can't stack the box anymore. He has to. They're killing us outside, man. Yes, they're killing. They're, just, they're, they're basically taking the running game and stitching yeah. the running game to the outside. Then they adjust and they spread things out. Opens up the inside. Mm-hmm. Didn't get the running game. It, 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 to me, I don't understand how he, he, can, he doesn't adjust quicker. He did make adjustments. I'm not saying he didn't because right, he did. I, right. I, I make, I've quantified those. How, why did it take so long? Because he was stubborn about his game plan. He wanted to play bully ball. He broke out the Wildcat, the 22 personnel. Broke out the 6-0 line package. He played, he played the 6. He started the game with the 6-0 line package. Not one rep of 6-0 linemen in the second half. He was so pissed about it. Because he thought I was going to go in here and punk TCU. And then when he couldn't, he was like, Andrew Carey, get your son. Come back. Put on your offensive yeah. lineman number. Yeah. You're he, not playing He, he in was no so more. upset about it. He didn't play one rep of it in the second half. He's like, it's so upsetting. And then he went to more true 12 personnel mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. Uh, with Jaleel Billingsley and with Garner Helm. And that worked out, it worked out much better for him. And so he figured some things out. He just figured it out too late. It's yeah. four, you got four quarters, Sark. Steven. You only got four quarters, Coach Steven, so I don't know how, you know what I mean, what you want me to tell you. You don't get longer than that. You got to, you, you need to be a sense of urgency about solving these problems because coaches are problem solvers. Solve yeah. it quicker. Yeah. Solve it quicker. Your, your, your clock needs to be faster. Let's go. Yeah, we needed that. We needed that. We needed to make sure that this was something that that you adjusted to because we expect you to be that person. It's a top five team. This ain't, this ain't Texas Tech. Right. This ain't, this ain't, you know yeah. what I mean, this is a top five team in the country. All right, they yep. got it all. They got personnel that can match up with you. They got coaches that can win the chess match. I'm gonna need you to be on your A game, baby. All the time. You need to be Coach Sarkin. You were Coach Steven. Man, I did. We didn't. Have, we are not paying Coach Steven five million dollars a year. Five point five. We're paying Coach Sark five yeah. million dollars a year. Yes, sir. Because he that dude. Because yes, he is. Coach Steven, that dude, he's a dud. <laughs> Coach Steven's a dud. Coach Sark's a dude. Yeah, he I is need that more dude. Sark. Yeah. I need like I need more cowbell. I need more Sark. I need more. Cowbell. I need more Sark, right. man. I'm not, with you. Because Coach Steven, I'm, I'm, it's yeah, scary. I'm not not liking Coach Steven much. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm really Nobody not, does. I'm not. I'm not liking. You the ever way met that a Coach Steven? You ever, you ever right met there. a Coach Steven before? Nah. No, because they all suck. Mm. They're st- Coach Stevens. Like they're, 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 they're cool coaches, Coach Steven. I need Coach Stephans. I need, yeah, I need, I need Coach, coach Sark, Stephans. baby. That's why he's starting Co- it up. Coach Steven makes everyone play the same amount of reps because <laughs> exactly. it's Very fair. True. Very true. Yeah. Coach That's Steven true. throws it to guys that he wants it to force feed the football to guys in double coverage. That's Coach Steven. Yeah, oh, Coach Sark is savvier than that, man. Yeah, Coach Sark has got he's got he's got you we know see football Coach, acumen and innovation. Like we, he he we, may be the best offensive play designer in college football. That's Coach Sark. What did I tell you the other day uh, at the at the pregame? I said I put they you, um, E Hogan asked me, "What do you think the key is?" I said Coach Sark. 
Exactly. I said Coach Sark yeah. was going to be the key for this team to win this game. And, and I also right. said, Quinn, yours, this has to be his game. I was I was right there. You were right. And I was hoping it if was Coach going Sark the other showed way. Up, Texas wins that game, but Coach Steven was there. Yeah. From the jump. Usually we don't see Coach Stevens in the second half. He was there for the whole game. Yes. And you know why? Because of that damn suit. It was that suit. <laughs> Only Coach Steven would choose that suit. L'Oreal, honestly, you have to blame L'Oreal because she, L'Oreal knows about them both. Ah. Which one does L'Oreal like? She like Coach what? Steven or Coach Sark? I don't know. Oh, no. You know what I mean? That's I can't how I handle knew. it. I was like, that's, that's not Coach Sark in that. Coach Sark. I can't handle more, it. got more swag than that. I knew it, Coach Steven. I knew it. All right, what you got for the people on Hard Knock Life? Well, we're going to switch gears because you know it's award season in MLB, and I want to drop off some information that, you know, they gave some awards away, and I want to talk about these two players that got awards yesterday. Uh, hey, I remember man Hard has been on the, on the money when it comes to uh, his predictions uh, for Major League Baseball this year. So we'll come back. Here is uh, his thoughts about the uh, award season coming up in That's Major right. League Baseball. All that and more right here. Ball Don't Lie on 104 down the Horn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of your own speak, my man. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! I don't even know what today is. The top of the chart. So I don't know. You know what I'm saying? We've been doing so much. It's uh, it's, it's top of the chart Tuesday. Yeah, it's kind of uh, <laughs> turn up Tuesday too. We turned it up to a turned up Tuesday. I don't even know what day it is. But yes. you know, Wild welcome back to that edition mm-hmm. of Ball Don't Lie. It is top of the charts Tuesday, and my man Patrick Davis does a great job of keeping us with the flow mm-hmm. of the show. Uh, it's your boy Hardball Hard. You can follow me on Twitter at Hardball Hard. You can follow my man Rob Babers at Rob Babers, and you can follow the man behind the glass at it's Patrick Davis. Y'all already know the deal on the Specs text line because y'all have been blowing it up all day, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. 512-337-3776. And I want to get into this uh, rookie of the year. As I told y'all last week, this was the week when all the awards start to come out for Major League Baseball. This is also time where free agents are starting to figure out where they're going to end up playing. I saw today uh, Rizzo decided to go back to the the Yankees, so mm-hmm. they have their first baseman and a Gold Glove first baseman. By the way, the Yankees won. The entire team got the Gold Glove as the best defensive team in Major League oh, Baseball wow. for the American mm-hmm. League and the National League. The St. Louis Cardinals got a Gold Glove for the entire team. Uh, but rookie of the year, this was a a a tough one when you start looking at it in the very beginning of the season. I was kind of on the fence on who was going to be the rookie of the year. I thought uh, Bobby Witt Jr. was going to be my guy from the very beginning. But then as the season started to play out, Bobby Witt was still trying to adjust. But Julio Rodriguez, the center fielder for for the Mariners, went out and played some unbelievable baseball. 
How good was he? By the way, he's only 21 years old. Wow. The National League Rookie of the Year is also 21 years old, <laughs> and he just happens to be a center fielder as well. Wow. So the Major League Baseball is in a good spot. There's so many different things that are out there. But Julio Rodriguez became the American League Rookie of the Year yesterday, and it's pretty funny because he became the front runner as the season went on. Don't forget during the All-Star game, he was faced, he was up against mm. Juan Soto. Yeah. He hit 81 home runs during the home run derby. Wow. 81 home runs. And as a rookie, yeah. everybody was loving it mm-hmm. because it was like, okay, Major League Baseball has found a star. He's mm. a good-looking dude. He is charismatic. He's perfect for what Major League Baseball is looking for. In the National League, Michael Money Harris, he went out there and became the Rookie of the Year kind of the same way. He came up a little bit later in the year, got called up at the end of May, and he led all rookies with uh, the war, which is wins above replacement. That means you get to look at how you would compare to other people. It goes back to what we were talking about with arbitration. Yeah. You know, how valuable are you to your team? It's your productivity, Mm -hmm. how you play defensively, how you play offensively, and if somebody else was out there, how would that help you uh, help your team? And he definitely fits that that mold. (laughs) One of the things that happened as well, they got signed. Julio Rodriguez got signed earlier this year with a 12-year, $209 million deal. They got him early. They signed him. They knew. They were like, hey, we got to go in and lock this dude up. They did the exact same thing to Mike Harris, and uh, he ended up getting a deal for $72 million. So he got his early as well. They're both 21 years old. We know that the Braves have given uh, some players money early. We see the Houston Astros have done it too. They're trying to make sure that they're putting people in the right place. But I want to look at Mike Harris, and then I'll get back to um, Julio Rodriguez. Mike Harris was a third-round pick in 2019 out of Georgia. He was brought up in the system by Marquise Grissom. Marquise Grissom is somebody that I talked to you about before, Mm -hmm. Rod. He was like my big brother when I was with the Montreal Expos. He came up through his little pro league system where he was teaching all these guys. You hear about all these leagues around the country, but he was under the tutelage of Marquise Grissom and his brother, Bear. And so this is something that I found very interesting. With runners in scoring position and two outs, Mike Harris, Money Mike Harris, was 15 of 48 with a 365 batting average. He also saved his best work Mm. for late innings in the game. Yeah, He batted 406, that was 26 of 64, with five doubles, five home runs, and an OPS of 1168 when the games were close. Hmm. And he had to come up in a clutch situation. You always talk about that clutch gene. Some people have it, some some people people don't. don't. And Mm -hmm. he definitely has it. Hmm. He got that eight-year, $72 million contract, and he has options for his ninth and tenth season that can push it up to 102. 102. But then we go back and look at what my man um, Julio Rodriguez was able to to do. This was his numbers are really impressive. He had 28 home runs with 25 stolen bases. He also had 20 at least 28 doubles Man. as well. Uh he brought them to the postseason for the first time since 2001. Okay. And he also had 25 bags. He had 25 stolen bases. He's the first rookie since Mike Trout in 2012 
with 25 home runs and 25 stolen bases mm. with a OPS of 147. He's obviously the best player on the Mariners team, and he was uh, got 29 out of the 30 first place votes. Wow. Very impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. This year, uh, for Mike Harris, Harris and his uh, teammate, Mr. Strider, they were both up for it. It was the, one of the closest races in the the rookie of the year balloting. He two two players from the same team had to split votes, and he ended up edging him mm. at the end. Mike Man. Harris became the rookie Road. of the year. Let me let me go back to some of this uh, information too. He's the seventh Brave to win the war, award in the second in five seasons after Ronald Acuna won it in 2018. Freddie Freeman and Greg uh, Kimbrell were the two players from the Braves that were one and two in the rookie ballot. And Freddie Freeman, obviously, has been doing his thing, and Craig Krimble, uh, Kimball has done his thing, too. He's moved around. Harris got 22 of the 30 first-place votes, with Strider getting the other eight. Mm. The center fielder for the, the uh, Cardinals, Brendan Donovan, got it. He was a distant third in the balloting. The previous award winners was Raphael Fercal, David Justice in 1990, hmm. Bob Horner. Man, he, he looks like Dusty Rhodes if you ever go back and look at pictures of Bob <laughs> Horner. I, th- I look at him and I always think of Dusty Rhodes. And then Earl <laughs> Williams in 1971. The way that he went about his career, the way that he's done the things that, that helped Atlanta make it to the playoffs, this baseball is going to be good moving forward. There's a lot of young talent. Yeah. And we talk about the Mike Trouts. We've been talking about Jordan. We've been talking about all these great players. I think the baseball game is in a good place right mm-hmm. now because there's just so much talent out there. One more thing about Mike Harris. He tied for first in home runs. This is National League rookies. He tied in first in home runs with uh, 19. He led in extra base hits with 49. He had 75 runs scored, and he had 64 RBIs, and he ranked second in stolen bases because he was 20 of 22. That's efficient. And that is something, too, that I've talked about. Nobody runs anymore. Nobody steals bases. The game anymore. is yeah. Ricky Ricky um, Henderson's record is forever going to be safe. Yeah, it's crazy because when I was coming up, that's what that was part of the game. It was Kenny Lofton. Yes, that like Dion. Yes, I remember that. That, that was a big was part. part. That was a huge game. part of the game. It was like cool. It was cool. It was cool. It was to cool steal to steal bags. bases back in the day. It that's was, why I wanted to play baseball. I wanted right. to steal bags because yeah. you would you would sit there. I'm like, I got different gloves yeah. for how many bases no, I'm going to steal. It was clean. I remember that. So with baseball, is it analytics though? What? What? Why? Yes, why because they play for the three-run home run. They don't play for manufacturing run. You, you what I always yeah. tell you all the time: look at how you manufacture a run. It's not like what it used to be, yeah. where you get them on, get them over, get them in. It's a good point. It's get them on, get another one, and then try to get up out the Take yard. yard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it's a good point. So the analytics, to your point, crazy, is man. what has kind of changed the way the game has gone about it. But the bigger thing is. When I just gave you those numbers of the batting averages, these are guys that are doing it the right way at the plate. Mm-hmm. They're not looking to try to lift the ball out of the yard. Yeah, they got some sock. They can get it because they're strong. Yeah. The, the game is a little bit different. But these guys are batting averages. 
You know, I told you earlier in the year, the major league batting average was 240. Yeah, you was like, hey, I'd be, I'd be good. I'd still be playing, <laughs> dog. I'd be cold-blooded. And I stole bases. I would have been terrible <laughs> for the, the analytics part of the baseball world. But <laughs> nowadays, I'd have been perfect. I'd have been right in the mix. They'd be like, man, we got to get this dude up there, man. I know he's going to strike out 114 <laughs> times. But, man, if he runs into one. You'd have been a different player, too, if you were if you were brought up in the analytics era. It would have definitely been You wouldn't been be that. what you are. It's like the NBA. NBA guys like KD was brought up in the eighties. KD would have been a center. It'd have packed weight on him and turned yeah, him into a big man. Right. But in the modern NBA, he's handling the rock. Yeah, it's totally different. Yeah. Totally different yeah. baseball. I'm totally different in basketball. Totally different in sports. I mean, is, we is. talk about the fourth down. You're right. You and analytics has changed. Analytics, it. analytics has basically made it not sexy to punt. Right. You got to go for it on. They fourth lose down. respect for you if you punt exactly. now. Exactly. Like, yeah, or no, if you kick a field goal when you're you in a position. Field goal. Yeah, it's crazy. Analytics makes stuff sexy. It makes stuff considered you know unattractive. I don't want three. I want unpopular. seven. That's a four point loss. Yeah. No. Yeah. We put We put points on yeah, the board. Yeah. You getting three? Even Sark said that. Yeah. That's my point. Sark recently he did said, he said like, that. He's like, yeah, you get three on the board. That's a win for the defense. I'm like, really? <laughs> I remember still the bad play defense. I felt bad we gave up exactly. three. Exactly, like, we want win. zero. But that's he's, he's, yes. he's right in a sense because analytics has changed our perception. Our the view entire way that you look yeah. at everything yeah. is now through analytics, and it needs to change a little bit because it's it's taking mm-hmm. away the the way the game was played. And I'm not an old head. I mean, I do like some old school stuff mm-hmm. because I talk about it so much. Drive the ball to right center yeah. field. Quit Apple, trying to baby. go up there mm-hmm. yanking everything. But if a guy's on second base, get him over to third and let the next guy. I told you a long time ago, I had a batting coach named uh, Gary Ward. He told me straight up, Harge, you know what that gets you? Gold chains and foreign cars. <laughs> you drive runners in and you hit the ball the other way. And I'm like, I'm there trying my best to sit in there and try to go the other way. Yeah. Told you Dan Duquette got he went to the Red Sox. I ended up coming to the Red Sox. He was like, Harch, you start hitting the ball the other way yet? I'm like, I'm still trying. I'm working on I'm it. I'm working man. on it. Nowadays, I'm like, Yank that thing! I'd have still been playing. They Nobody's wouldn't have cared. They wouldn't have done anything. Yeah, they were but, just like, hey, just keep swinging it hard. Just keep swinging it. But the oppo was best for the team. It, exactly. Yeah, take going yard is best for the individual. The individual. And analytics is actually more about the individual than it is about the team. That's exactly right, always and that's why been. the numbers yeah. are so yeah. skewed. <laughs> it always and that's been. why you're looking at guys winning batting t- titles mm-hmm. with nobody even close to them because they understand I got to work to hit and I go the opposite way. Yeah. But the ones like Joey Gallo, hmm. Joey Gallo, I no, I get paid to hit home runs. Joey, you are hitting 130. I know, but that's But I got $35 million exactly. in the bank. Exactly. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. It's oh about the individual, man. That's exactly yeah. right. So kudos to those young players for making their mark and adjusting to the way that the game is played. We'll have manager of the year that will mm-hmm. be given out tonight. Our man, Could, uh, what was your best, Lamar. Uh, what was your best prediction for manager of the year? Well, if you start looking at all of the numbers, I think you got to give it to Brandon Hyde okay. for what he did for the Baltimore Orioles and even having them to try to play to get into the playoffs. That's amazing. I know Buck Showalter had a great year. Mm-hmm. Scott Service had a great year with the Mariners, obviously getting them to the playoffs for the first time since 2001. Those are great deals. But the Baltimore Orioles were one of the worst baseball teams over the last, like, 10 years. Yeah. They had manager after manager, and they couldn't get it figured out. They brought in Brandon Hyde. They had a great year. 
I think he may be the one that gets it tonight. Okay. I would hope so. Yeah. For his sake. No, it's a good story. Yeah. Uh, all right. Good stuff there for Hard Stock Life. Uh, all right. We'll come back. We'll get into off the record. Apparently, Tom Brady is not happy uh, <laughs> with the latest report that Giselle, his ex-wife, may be already back in the dating pool. We'll get into that. And, Turn it uh, up. <laughs> we'll get into that and other stories. All that more right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104 on the Horns. D.D. Megadoodoo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get to bring the income. Congratulations. Continue good sex in the the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. All right, guys, we got to get to uh, the latest in the Tom Brady-Giselle Bunchen drama. Now, we did learn after the divorce that they decided to buy homes really close to one another. Uh, it's actually right across the, the, the bay or really close. Apparently, if you really wanted to, you could swim. From Giselle Bunchen's house to Tom Brady's house, because when they're co-parenting, oh, oh. you know they want to make sure that you know the kiddos that they're co- that the kiddos are fine and the kiddos can you know see dad when they want to see dad and they can see mom when they want to see mom. Which, by the way, I think it's awesome. When you got that, uh, it's very very awesome. When you got money like that, yeah, yeah. do stuff yeah. like that. When you got that kind of bread, of course, right? just don't act like Kanye. Yeah, no, yeah, that's uh, don't, yeah, don't, don't make people feel uncomfortable. Yeah, right? don't, don't be yeah. invading people's uh, yeah. privacy and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I like the co-parenting thing. Yeah, Absolutely, no, no telescopes in the back window. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that would be good. Uh, so apparently, we talked about it yesterday that Giselle Bunchen and her jujitsu instructor and teacher mm-hmm. that they were in Costa Rica vacationing together. Now she is claiming that it's just he's with he's hanging out with the family with some of the kids because he's giving lessons to the kids in Costa Rica while they're while they're on a family vacation. Mm-hmm. That's what she's claiming. I think we all are adults here, and we know that adults taking vacations together. Um, you know, I mean, you're who not are taking consenting your adults. Yeah, exactly. All right. I will say she did get someone of the right profession that when the kids walk in, she can say, "Mommy and your your friend were just wrestling." <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> oh my god, we were doing some mat drills. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> he's not hurting mommy. He's not. <laughs> wow. Well done there, Patrick. Was, I can't help yeah. me recover from that yeah, one. Well, I already knew. Okay. Um, <laughs> apparently, a, a, a source connected to Tom Brady told TMZ at the quarterback's camp, like his group, uh, that they are not buying this uh, story that she gave, that this, they're just hanging out, that they're not romantically involved. He said, uh, why this Miami guy's in Costa Rica with her? The source added, it always seemed weird. She just one day abruptly ended the marriage. Oh, so apparently Tom Braden's camp are questioning uh, whether she may have had um, <clears throat> ulterior motives. Mm-hmm. She may have already had her uh, her second, her, her well, basically she already had another plan, plan B, ready to go. Oh, All right. Sorry, man. probably bad wording there. Uh, but... <laughs> 
Also, Giselle Bunchen, uh, it has also been reported that this guy, uh, this new jujitsu instructor, uh, Joaquin Valente, apparently Tom Brady at one time uh, offered up uh, promotion of this guy. Promote mm-hmm. him. Because Tom Brady, he was also their family jujitsu instructor. Yes. When Tom Brady was there. Correct. Ooh. Correct. Taught yeah. him the same. Taught him the same moves. He taught Tom the same moves. He taught Tom the same moves. Well, not not the, all the same moves. Not, the same. <laughs> not that move. <laughs> not that one. Yeah, uh, Brazilian gossip site Pure People reported Wednesday that the pair are dating. Indeed, that they are actually dating. While it is unclear the pair's possible romance, when it began, Bunchen and Valente did uh, did a shoot for Dust Magazine with his brothers, Pedro Valente and Guiu Valente. Sorry, Ooh. I probably screwed that up. Uh, this was back in 2021, back in the day. In February uh, of the following year, the businesswoman tried her hand at jiu-jitsu, calling Joaquim, Pedro, and Yi awesome teachers via Instagram. Um, and Brady reacted to the video that she posted um, at the time. My days of leaving dishes in the sink are numbered because what? his wife was learning some moves that uh, I make him pay the price. Oh, for you better get in there and wash them dishes. There you go. Uh, so, when's the last time you think Tom Brady washed a dish? Oh, he hasn't washed a dish yeah. in ten because he didn't want to cut his hand. Ten years. He it's didn't want to cut years. his hand. Yeah, he washed a dish. Ten years. They, they definitely have a house. Yeah. Cleaner, or, yeah. I mean, I figure you figure he had a freshman do it when he was in Michigan. <laughs> and then maybe like first year in the NFL, he had to wash some dishes. Yeah, yeah, and you're then, right. Yeah. Then as soon as he's a starter and he's going, he's, yeah. Yeah, no, he yeah. definitely ain't washed a dish in a while. But uh, yeah, you go. Tom Brady is not happy that Giselle is uh, dating or uh, maybe allegedly dating this jujitsu well, instructor. He's really not happy that she's been dating him for when they were still married. I think that is probably <laughs> the. In, if you're in, inquiring minds want to know when this started officially, when it officially started. Because basically, this guy's been hanging out with Tom. And like, Tom would probably left this guy in the house with Giselle. Like, hey, what's going on? Make Joaquin? sure you protect her. Hey, Joaquin. Man, good lesson today. He's like, oh damn, good lesson today, Tom. <laughs> oh man, I mean, who she's does, good. You know what? I'll give him credit, man. He is the only jujitsu instructor that works late nights. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hook him ninety six. She's giving him vajitsu. Oh, come on, come on, man, come on. Oh my goodness. Yeah, well, you're probably right about that. Definitely. Hey, you know what? Point. I would take vajitsu lessons from Giselle <laughs> Bunchen any day, all day, every day, and Hell twice her. on Sunday. All right, uh, we'll come back. We'll get into. Uh, some uh, t- discussion about the Cowboys on the other side. Cowboys news, notes, and nuggets. Good news and bad news for the Cowboys. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.